0: And I'm Courtney, and this is Caffeinated Crimes.
1: Welcome back, and hello, and good morning, afternoon, evening. I don't know. When do you guys listen? Like, do you guys listen when you're doing, like, chores, or on the way to work, or walking your dog, or all of the above? I don't know. Let us know.
0: Be interested to know. Yeah. I know I have, like, a very specific routine, especially more so on Mondays, because the majority of my podcast release on Monday, so mm-hmm. I had like a specific order like I listen to them all in every week. I don't know why. That's just how I do it. I guess it's the most pleasing for my ears. So maybe we're somewhere in your like queue on Tuesdays that you're like, okay, I have to listen to *Caffeine to Crimes and then whatever else you listen to that comes out on Tuesdays. <laughs>
1: yeah. Courtney and I realized this week that the majority of the podcasts that she listened to, listens to, comes out on Mondays and the ones that I listen to come out on Tuesdays. So thought that was interesting. We're full of riveting updates this week. Clearly <laughs> guys,
0: lots happening. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Tuesdays for me are like the least amount like I still have quite a few who release, but Monday's the most and Wednesday is probably second most, I'd say.
1: Yeah, I'd say probably like Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, and then like a few Thursday and then like none like Friday or the weekend. Like maybe like yeah. two shows. Anyway, so in terms of crime updates for this week, um so a nursing assistant Reda Mays, who worked for the VA hospital Um, was sentenced to seven life sentences for killing men with unprescribed insulin. So the VA just has their own angel of death over there. Um, This happened a while ago. Obviously, she just now went to trial, but she did receive seven life sentences. Um, And she also looks very scary. Uh, Cordy and I were a little terrified by her photo.
0: Yeah, I told Jacqueline that if I was having a heart attack and I walked in the hospital and she was my nurse, I would just turn around and take my chances. <laughs> like, nope, that's okay. I'll be fine. It's fine. Yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll go to the next hospital.
1: How close is it? <laughs> I'm sure it'll be. Everything will be okay. You know, nothing urgent. Oh, I'm bleeding, head wound, heart attack. It's all good. We'll just uh-uh. we'll just move on here. She gonna
0: kill me anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we do have another update. Um, so there is the killer couple, Fred and Rose West. Um, we haven't covered them, but we probably will sometime semi soon. We say semi soon about a lot of things, and it might be a few months, might be a year, who knows. But there is an update in that case. It appears they believe they could have found another victim um, at a cafe, and so they're digging up that cafe now. I don't. I didn't read exactly like what all led to them being like, this person could be here, you know, this possible victim could be here, but it sounds like they have some pretty hard evidence that she could, since they are digging it up. Um, So we might find some more victims of Fred and Rose West, which would be very interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely interesting too, when those updates come, you know, so many years after the fact. So uh, interesting to see where that goes. and. Like Courtney said, eventually we will cover that one. We have a long list, so, you know, we're getting to them, but
0: we will cover them eventually. Yeah. It's like any serial killer where it's like, it doesn't matter how long, it's like, we can still be finding like more victims, you know? And like when we talked about with like Gary Ridgway, like, um, the, they wanted him in prison, like in Oregon to like have him close to be like, we found another one. We found another one. Like whatever. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Another
1: crazy thing that happened this week, um, so at a Dunkin' Donuts, which I guess is just Dunkin' now, because I think they officially changed their name. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, in Tampa, Florida, 27-year-old Corey Pewholes, not sure if that's the correct pronunciation, um, but he was working, and supposedly this elderly man called him a racial slur, and he punched him, and the elderly man fell over and hit his head and died, so... I just thought that was a crazy headline when I read it. And I was like, oh, well, that's
0: something to share because you don't hear that every day. Yeah, that is crazy, but also very 2021, I feel like. For sure. And, (laughs) you know,
1: of course, he supposedly called him the slur. We don't know for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. I know they said that there is video footage where you can clearly see him like he was not physically provoked and then he like punched him in the face and then the guy fell over. Um, But I don't think there was any sound on the footage to know for sure but yeah just crazy
0: things happening i guess it is crazy too because um like how fast those kind of things can turn because i think of just the twisted T case you know where that guy hit the other guy with a twisted T, and everyone still makes jokes about it you know all this stuff but it's like that could have ended really badly and it could have ended like this one did where you know i don't know if they're going to I guess they'll press maybe some charges against the guy who mm-hmm. punched, maybe just assault, if nothing else. But, you know, it's it's crazy how it's like two of kind of the same scenarios and how differently they can turn out. Um, he was charged with aggravated manslaughter of an
1: elderly or disabled adult. So it does come with an additional charge because the guy was old.
0: Yeah, I feel... I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm assuming they're probably going to get some kind of plea deal, like, lesser, yeah. since it wasn't, like... I would think so, but... Because it was more kind of, like, an the punch didn't necessarily kill him, the fall did, yeah. which you still caused it, but, you know, it's, it's very muddled. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> With that. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's all the updates we have. We don't really have too much banter. We were kind of long-winded. A while back, so we're kind of raining in it a little. Cut it down a little. Bit. If you like us, yeah. If you liked us long-winded better, let us know, and we'll
1: add more. <laughs> we'll, we'll find things to bullshit we'll, about. It's okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I can find things. <laughs> um, so today's. Episode was a listener suggestion by one of our wonderful Patreons, Kara. So thank you. Yes, thank you.
1: Um,
0: I had not heard of this one. Had you heard of this? No, one? No, I had not, and it's fairly close to home too. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our sources for today is a morbidology article, a Men's Journal article, the Law Justia website. I don't really know how to pronounce that. I just thought of that. I use that website all the time, and I just realized. No idea how to pronounce it. Yeah, we just read it. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A few Chattanooga Daily Times articles, a Morristown Gazette Mail article. Um, There is also an article from the Reading Eagle newspaper. And yeah, so that is what we used. Um, It's a bit of an older case, if you guys can tell. So we got to use our newspaper.com subscription. Shout out, John. Thank you. Thank you, John. I promise. (laughs) So, Lula Lake is a nature reserve on Lookout Mountain, Georgia, and has a beautiful waterfall, undisturbed wilderness, and it's a really popular occasion for fishermen, hikers, and wildlife enthusiasts in the 1960s. Um, it also kind of had a reputation as a lover's lane for teenagers. You know, it was pretty common, especially back in the 60s and 70s, um, to have those lover's lanes. <laughs> Then in 1994, a land trust was established to preserve the area. And today Lula Lake requires a reservation to visit and is only available to the general public on the first and last weekends of the month. Only 85 cars can be visiting the park at one time. And there is a $15 conservation use fee per car. Um, There is currently a wait list that exists for cancellation. So it still appears to be very popular. Um, and I'm sure our following case added a lot to its popularity.
1: <laughs> yes. I just thought that was so interesting that it's only open like two weekends out of the month and you have to like sign up ahead of time. And it's like, you know, you can't just like wake up on Saturday morning and be like, oh, let's go to the park today. It's like, oh, no, I had to play in this mm-hmm. like two months ago. And who knows what the weather's going to be like. And I don't know. I just never heard of anything like that. Maybe it's more common than I thought. Maybe I've just never encountered it. But I thought that was super interesting.
0: Mm hmm. So on April 14th, 1963, which was Easter Sunday, 19-year-old Orville Steele and 16-year-old Carolyn Newell from Rossville, Georgia, met up to spend some time together at Lula Lake at around 3 p.m. Again, popular lover's lane for teenagers, and they were looking forward to being together at this secluded location. So neither of them returned home after midnight, so their parents called the police because it really wasn't like them to stay out all night. Police initially suspected they'd simply run off together to elope, you know, good old police never taking disappearances seriously. Um, but Orville and Carolyn were actually engaged, and both families said they were planning a wedding for later in the year, so they wouldn't have really eloped or had a reason to because. Neither families objected to the wedding and everyone was looking forward to it. So it's like, yeah, why would they run off if we all approve?
1: Exactly. <laughs> like, we're like, especially if you're that age and you're excited about planning your wedding, like you're not likely to just decide to elope instead. That doesn't make
0: any sense. Yeah, They were described as very popular, well-liked, well-adjusted teens, and it would be very unusual for them to just suddenly run away. And they also had strong ties to their community and were looking forward to remaining in the area after marriage. The couple had last been seen at around 4 p.m. at a service station on Chattanooga Valley Drive, where they stopped to purchase some gas and oil for Orville's car, and they purchased $1.50 in gas and a quart of oil. Within 24 hours following their disappearance, local police discovered Orville's (laughs) (laughs) green-red What color is green-red, Courtney? Oh, goodness. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Green Ford, <laughs> Ford, the brand, not the color. Um, they discovered his green Ford abandoned on the top of a shale embankment near a popular hiking trail. And the front tire was flat, and a container of oil from the gas station was sitting nearby. So, finding this, their parents thought, okay, maybe they were just stranded due to car troubles. This is the 60s. We don't have cell phones. There's probably not a payphone in this secluded area. Mm-hmm. Um, So the parents decided to begin a really extensive search around the park, but they didn't really find anything. Um, And even with not finding any sign of Orville and Carolyn, their parents held out hope they would still find them alive. However, on April 20th, five days after the initial search, Carolyn's body was found in a remote area of the park. She'd been bound by her wrist, stripped of her clothing from the waist down, and dumped near a set of railroad tracks. It was later determined that she had been raped and struck in in the head multiple times by an unknown blunt object before being strangled to death. She had on an engagement ring and also another ring on her right hand. And a few yards away, Orville's body was discovered. He'd been tied to a tree and also strangled. Orville was still wearing his watch and had some change in his pocket. A slender silver chain was around his neck. Um, His wallet was not found on his person, and there was no indication if it was, like, elsewhere or in his car. With Orville and Carolyn still having their jewelry, it seems, especially to me, like it kind of give an insight into the motive. Like, it doesn't really seem like a robbery was the motive. Like, you kind of leave the car, you're leaving her engagement ring, watches, like, all that. Like, those are things you would steal if, like, that's why you're murdering them. And, two, I feel like the fact that they were strangled
1: versus, like, shot to death or, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, it just
1: seems much more, like, personal. Um, Mm -hmm. And even if it wasn't someone that, like, knew them personally, it's, like, you know, maybe personal in the way that, like, someone wanted them to suffer, not just killing them for the fun of it which I don't know if I guess people do that but you know again the fact that they have like their jewelry and everything on them it's like okay it probably wasn't anything to do with a robbery
0: yeah and Orville and Carolyn had been strangled by the same type of twine that was also used to bind their wrists the community raised $2,500 in a reward fund for any information that led to the identity of the killer. So today that would be about $21,600. So that's a pretty good reward, especially for small town Georgia. Yeah, definitely. Um, And Georgia governor Carl Sanders eventually donated another $500. So soon local police identified James Melvin
1: Blevins as a probable suspect. James was a 27-year-old Rossville resident who was married with three children, and on April 14th, James claimed that he had been at Lulu Lake on a fishing trip after having an Easter dinner with his family. James admitted that he had seen the couple that day briefly, but that he had nothing to do with their murders. However, some acquaintances of James didn't exactly buy this. Um, he was known to be a cruiser in his teenage years, so he had a habit of driving around and spying on young couples having sex for his own sexual pleasure. So, it's a little odd, James.
0: A little bit of a creep. Some some live porn, I don't know. That's mm. Well, I was about to say, I was like, did they have like readily available porn back then? Like, was that just kind of how you had to, you know i out. mean
1: yeah i guess you really wouldn't i don't know if video stores you know back in like the 80s and 90s you know you could like rent porn at like mm-hmm. block I don't, know, I don't think blockbuster had porn
0: but like yeah the small video stores did for sure though oh but, yeah
1: but in the 60s uh. i don't know if that was really a thing so maybe we should do a deep dive oh, on yeah. when porn started oh gosh. <laughs> patreon let us know if you guys want that
0: Oh, true crime turned interesting. You know, things come up in conversation that you just, you need more info on. So anyway. But even in the days of porn, like this still happened too, because sometimes porn isn't enough for people. You gotta be, (laughs) you gotta take a full level creep.
1: Yes. So not okay, James. Um, James was also wearing camouflage that day, even though he said he was only fishing, which some members of the community found odd. Um, So we're not really sure, like, was, I mean, this was the South, like right now. If you're in that area, people wearing camouflage is very normal. So, was this not normal in the 60s? Like, has the style changed? Like, was it not like a
0: a daily style then? Like, was it only used for hunting? I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, I know when I was in high school, people regularly showed up in full camo. Oh, yeah. Just, like, wearing it. If you go to the store, if you go to a restaurant, you'll see people in full camo and obviously... They're not fishing or hunting. Um, so they're hunting for them deals. And again, if, <laughs> if
1: if you guys are not familiar with the South, when Courtney says full camo, she means, Full camo, like head to toe, not like you have a camo jacket or like...
0: uh, Or like like, camo shorts, you know what I mean? Like a stylish camo. No, it is like your hunting gear camo. That you're just like
1: wearing to school or the grocery store. But James was fishing. Maybe he's just trying to hide from the fish. I don't know, you know? Maybe the fish see him coming.
0: Fish see him coming. They're like, shouldn't you be wearing like blue or something? So you blend in with the water. (laughs) Well, you know,
1: maybe, clearly he didn't think a lot of things through, so. Clearly not. Um, So James was arrested for the murders and held without bond. Um, The warrant for his arrest for Carolyn's murder was actually signed by her father, and later Orville Steele's father would also sign the warrant for the murder of his son. So we're not really sure if they were, like, in a legal position to do that, or if that's just how you handled it in the 60s.
0: I don't yeah know. like could anyone just sign a warrant it didn't have to be a judge that's another deep dive we could do we're opening a lot of cans of worms here <laughs> so if that's something because that would be interesting to figure out like the history of like warrants basically because yeah. I mean if you didn't need a judge to sign it like because
1: I mean now you have to like prove that you have grounds for a warrant so who mm-hmm. was doing that? Was is it just like a ceremonial thing? Like, did a judge yeah. have to approve it ahead of time? But like, they
0: got to be the ones to like officially sign it, or were they like a witness? Like, maybe you have like yeah. a witness signature, like on a marriage license kind of thing, you know, where it's like be. a random person who doesn't matter. They're just the witness to it, you know. Yeah.
1: So, Courtney, who's going to sign your marriage license as your witness?
0: Somebody at the courthouse. That's where I'm getting married. <laughs> 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 because I want my best friend dallas to be the officiant and tennessee apparently hates non-religious people so i have to go to the courthouse to have someone well, you know i didn't know if you had picked someone to go with you and say- <laughs> dallas could
1: still sign as the witness and then he's kind of legally anyway <laughs> some clerk at the courthouse is just like dude <laughs> like oh man i was over here filing but i guess i'll go sign this girl's marriage certificate <laughs> So, during James' trial, the prosecution portrayed him as a sexual deviant, a man with, quote, unorthodox sexual desires, which I feel like in the 60s would be anything other than, like, missionary sex with a woman. But anyway, Mm -hmm. um, who frequented Lula Lake to spy on young couples like Orville and Carolyn. So, the prosecution speculated that James was caught by Orville and Carolyn spying on them, and then he killed them to prevent them from telling his family and getting him into trouble. They also said it was likely that James had tampered with Orville's car to prevent them from leaving. Um, But despite all these speculations, there really was no hard evidence that James was the one who had killed them, Um, and James maintained his innocence throughout his arrest, detainment, and trial. Um, He also took a lie detector test, but the results came back inconclusive. In May of 1964, James was found guilty for the murder of Carolyn Newell. He was sentenced to death by execution, but the verdict was later overturned. So James' lawyer petitioned that James was not properly informed of his rights to say nothing or have a lawyer. Um, FYI, if you guys want to learn more about that, we did a Patreon episode on Miranda rights that is already out Mm -hmm. at the time this is being released. Yes, I get my dates mixed up because we record ahead of time, but it was really interesting. So definitely uh, just to insert a little Patreon plug in the middle of that sentence (laughs) if you guys
0: are interested. Yeah, you can get that at the $5 tier. Um, And also, we just added a new feature to our $5 tier. Um, By the time this comes out, it'll be released. But you can get a little private Discord with us. So getting a little extra bonuses, be sure to check out our Patreon. We have some good stuff there. If you love us, if you want to interact with us more, we'd love to have you. Yes, so definitely...
1: um... Again, sorry to insert a Patreon plug in the middle of the episode, but you know, sometimes it comes up in conversation. So, so James's home had also been searched and they did not have a search warrant for his home. Um, so he was found not guilty in the second trial that started in May of 1965. James was then found not guilty for the murder of Orville Steele and cleared of all charges. So once he was released, James said that he was going to go out in the world and be a good citizen. Um, He planned to rebuild his life. And he said, and to me, this sentence is kind of weird grammatically, but it's a quote. So just bear with us. Um, But he said, quote, though, it's hard to do after all I've lost through this work and healthy, but I believe I'm man enough to do it. Um, So the whereabouts of James Blevins are unknown. Um, Nobody knows where he went or what happened to him. Um, No other suspects were ever tried, and to this day, both murders remain unsolved. So, like we mentioned before, in 1994, Lula Lake and its surrounding land was privatized, and it only allows a limited number of visitors per day. So, while this was mostly done to protect the environment, the privatization was also done in part to reduce the amount of locals and tourists from trying to find Orville and Carolyn's murder location. As we know, people are obsessed with True crime and seeing exactly where things happened, and so sometimes you have to take measures to make sure that that
0: uh, that stays protected. Yeah, I mean, I'm one of those people. I'll I'll admit it. (laughs) Um, But also, if it's like private property, or they're like, "Hey, please be careful," because you know, I'm assuming so many people were coming, and maybe like just destroying the land. It's like this is a nature preserve. Like first and foremost foremost. <laughs> guys, what is wrong with my tongue today? I think an alien went inside my body and is like. <laughs> um, every time I'm trying to talk. But anyway, um I just heard
1: matter. who said this? Oh my goodness. It was some podcast. Um I think it was Morbid. I think one
0: of the The Renting the, Yeah. <laughs> <your> lips. <laughs> rented Lips. I'm I'm working on Rented Lips today, guys. But <laughs> Anyway, all that to say, yes, I'm guilty. I'm one of those people who wants to see sites, but if it's private property or if it's like a nature preserve, don't destroy it. Don't be an asshole.
1: Yes, that's the thing. Like, you can be really interested in this and want to go see it and explore like these areas, understandable, but don't be an asshole about it. Like, understand that you may be going up to a house where someone currently lives and like that's not okay, or, you know, don't destroy something like don't write all over it or, you know, Mm -hmm. like, it's just, anyway, you guys know, we don't need to tell you. Um, so online communities like Reddit and Facebook speculate heavily on what happened to Orville and Carolyn. Um, sometimes relatives of the victims or of James will chime in, but they don't really have any further insights into the case. It's just kind of left where it was.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Some believe that the ghosts of Orville and Carolyn haunt Lula Lake today. And many sleuthers speculate that Cormac McCarthy drew from the situation surrounding James during the Lulu Lake murder trial when writing his book Child of God that was released in 1973. There are many similarities between James Blevins and the novel Serial Killer. Although McCarthy has hinted that a real historical figure was the inspiration for the novel's storyline, he's never said publicly that it was this case. Um, and for those of you that don't know, Cormac McCarthy is a local author to the knoxville area um where courtney lives and i am from if you guys are new here um he lived in knoxville during his youth and some of his adulthood and his family's home is actually just minutes away from courtney's parents house so just a little fun fact there Mm -hmm. um and knoxville is about two hours away from lulu lake so like we said it is kind of a close-ish to home case um but yeah that's really all the information um on carolyn and orville's murders there's still nothing to this day um again it's very odd it seems very personal doesn't seem like robbery was a motive or you know even if it was a stranger you think they'd still take the jewelry because why not Mm -hmm. but you know maybe they didn't want to get caught with it or who knows but
0: yeah that's the
1: really sad unsolved case there
0: yeah, and you guys will have to let us know if you think James is the one who killed them. I'm kind of torn. Like, I can definitely see it because he does, like, kind of fit the profile. We know a lot of, like, peeping toms do escalate. And, you know, maybe mm-hmm. he escalated to a point where it was like, oh, I have to kill them or I want to kill them. I do find it odd that that we know of he never killed again because usually mm-hmm. that's not something in people like that you can just turn off. Um, could it have been a serial killer from the sixties that went through this area and they were just, you know, I mean, like Zodiac, he hit multiple lover's lanes. And so maybe this is something kind of similar. Um, not necessarily Zodiac. I don't think he'd travel all the way to Knoxville or I don't know. It's a good theory. (laughs) I like Um, it, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, there could be someone else who was, you know, targeting lover's lanes or just going through, you know all that. It was so easy back in the 60s, especially if you just murdered in different places. People probably could never connect them. I mean, this case did get pretty big news like um, around the area. They said it was heavily talked about like in Knoxville and Morristown. I saw some Mm -hmm. like Atlanta. So it did get some pretty big news for the 60s. But I mean, there could be other similar cases that people have just not connected or don't know about. And that's the thing, too. Like
1: it got widespread news in that general area, you know, within a couple of hours. But If you're in California or, you know, New York or I don't know, any other place that's like a good distance away, you probably didn't hear about it. And we know that police officers didn't like to talk to each other or, you know, and at this point also probably did not have the kind of technology to Mm -hmm. be able to share information like that. So yeah, it could definitely be a widespread serial killer that just came through the area and there could be so many of those that even for serial killers that we've, caught that we don't know who else they could have
0: murdered like Sam Little like someone that again we'll probably cover soon ish (laughs) (laughs) emphasis on the ish um but you know there's he was like operating like modern times and still was not caught because he just traveled and there's so many victims we just don't know of so um this case is really baffling and I want to know what happened and I just want to know like justice for like their families Mm -hmm. um relatives of their families because you know it wasn't a long time ago but it's just tragic that they lost their life and no one was ever like found for sure guilty of it i know a lot of people are like james did it he just got off which Mm. is a very real possibility i'm not saying it's not it's probably i mean the most likely scenario um Mm. but but there's
1: also you know no hard evidence but also at that time what hard
0: evidence was there you know it's I mean, this is the 60s when cops would come and smoke and they wouldn't, you know, have the mean, like, they didn't really know about DNA. They wouldn't know about taking, you know, if she was raped swabs and having the ability to test it against something else. And Mm -hmm. I mean, today, that sample is probably either non-existent or cannot be preserved or who would you even test it against, you know. Because that's the thing. There's so many cases now that they're able to kind of go back
1: and look at the evidence again because at the time it happened they knew okay this is going to be a thing this is in progress but at that point was that even something that was like on their radar that could possibly be a thing in the future you know yeah anyway um but yeah so that's the super sad case um again thank you to our listener kara for the suggestion um we always love a good suggestion so Mm -hmm. please send them our way courtney what is your perk of the week
0: Okay, my perk of the week. So, you guys know I'm getting married. I'm sorry if I talk about it too much. I'm sick Courtney, of it too. Cordia, are you too. getting married and am <laughs> I having a baby? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sick of talking about it too, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, I have been using theknot.com uh, And that's how mm-hmm. I kind of created like a wedding website. So, people, if they had questions, I could be like, please just go here. So, I don't have to say like 40 times mm-hmm. where I'm registered. Um, but... So, The Knot has been pretty progressive. Um, They just recently had their first gay couple on the cover of their, like, physical magazine that's, like, in the stores. Um, On their website, they're always having, you know, gay men, gay women, um, interracial, everything. They're not just putting on, like, your two blonde, white, skinny Mm -hmm. people. Um, But I got an email from them. and it made me really happy because the email was talking about it said like experts talk about the talks like how toxic it is the whole shredding for the wedding Mm -hmm. and they had this whole article about how they want to try and like shift the language around that of like Mm -hmm. you don't have to be skinny to be like worthy of love and it was Mm -hmm. just this whole article about experts saying how like You know, you don't have to be, you know, the size zero when you get married and you don't have to, you know, fit in this little box that, you know, a lot of wedding websites want to put you in. So I just thought that was like a great article to send to like brides and stuff like that. Like, especially me, like I've been trying to lose some weight, mostly like for my health and like wanting, you know, to look better on my day. But it's just nice to have that little like, hey, you don't have to be like super skinny to be worthy of love or to be a beautiful bride. You're beautiful how you are. And I thought that was just an amazing thing to send out.
1: That is really nice, especially because so many like websites like that or magazines or whatever, like intentionally send the opposite message. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, here's great workouts to get ready for your wedding. And here's this. And it's, it's not even like they're positively affirming that you don't need to do that. They're like actively trying to push you in that direction. So yeah. it is really nice for someone to kind of, like,
0: take a definite stand and be, like, no, it's okay. Like, you don't have to do this. Yeah, and I liked being, like, you know, if you want to, like, go for it, but you don't have to. And, like, on yeah. Pinterest, I saw this thing, and it was, like, things like brides regret. And I was, like, oh, let me see. You know, maybe there's something I hadn't thought of. And it was, like, the way my arms look, like, the way this. And I'm, like, uh, oh. I was thinking maybe we regret spending that much money on flowers. not Right? You know. <laughs> like, I wasn't thinking about the definition of my biceps. <laughs> like, yeah, what? so... I just thought that was a really good message um mm-hmm. planning a wedding is super stressful especially yep. when you hate planning things <laughs> and you're not good at it and you don't care that much <laughs> um, so i just thought that was a really nice message and it kind of you know it made me happy um if you see the knot in like their magazine out in public look for it the couple the guy is aaron samuels from mean girls it's him oh, and his fiance. Okay. Um, So I listened to an interview with them on this podcast I listened to where they talked about like the whole thing and it was really nice. So that is really cool. That is my perk of the week. Jacqueline, what is your perk of the week?
1: So my perk of the week um, is a book that I'm reading. Um, It's one that Courtney and Tiffany and I heard about when we were doing um, like a virtual book tour event um, with my favorite author, um, Jodi Pico. But this one um, is another author that she had on there at the time, but it's called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reed. and it's super good. Um, thank you to Tiffany for letting me borrow it because I was on the wait list for it for the library, and it was like over a six-month wait because everyone That's wants this That's me right borrow. now. <laughs> yep. Um, so Tiffany, I guess, took the plunge, and so now we're all going to share it because... We just all jointly own books at this point, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, so she let me borrow that when, um, I went to Tennessee a couple of weeks ago. And so, yeah, so thank you, Tiffany. And it's such a good book. I'm like three fourths of the way done. Um, but it's just like amazing writing and it's just like a great story and it's really good. So I highly recommend it. Um, if you guys see it out and about, um, hopefully it doesn't have a really bad ending cause
0: I haven't finished it yet while I'm getting <laughs> this endorsement. Jacqueline but, comes back next week don't read it <laughs>
1: i would take it back <laughs> no i really can't imagine like that it would have any kind of ending that would like ruin it at this point you know um it is really good but yeah
0: i read her book um the daisy jones and the six i think you yes. also read it was so was so good. good um and i saw other people say this too like a few chapters in like i'm googling like is this a real band like Same. this seems real Um, and she just did an incredible job with that book. It was a different format. I swear. I just like could not put that book down. It was, I needed to know what happened. Um, so I can't wait to read more books by her. I think she has a new book coming out. It's out maybe coming out Malibu rising. I don't know. I've seen it a lot on the whole like (laughs) new books of 2021. So I know it's coming out at some point. I'm sure anything by her is incredible. Yeah, this is the
1: second book that I've read by her. And I'm, like, even more impressed with her now because the books are so different Mm -hmm. and, like, the writing styles are so different, but both are so good because I feel like so many authors have, like, one writing style, which is great. Like, I mean, I don't mind that. But, you know, they have one thing that they're good at and they stick to that. Um, But, like, both of these were completely different, but they were both so, so good and, like, so well done. So she's just super talented.
0: Yeah, I... Usually when I find an author I like, I just read everything they've ever written ever so i'm definitely gonna do that with her um (laughs) but if you've read any good books lately or if you have good recommendations for us if you want to talk about books we'll talk about books all day long um you can do so on instagram at caffeinated crimes pod at twitter at calf crimes pod that's c-a-f-f crimes pod um, on Facebook at caffeinated crimes podcast, you can send us an email at caffeinatedcrimespod at gmail.com. And as I kind of plugged it before we are on Patreon, that's patreon.com slash caffeinated crimes. You can get a lot of goodies, even just at $5, you get bonus episodes, you get that discord where you can come talk to us, um, and we'll respond always. And you know, $10, you get a pin and a sticker and $20, you get Google hangouts. Like we have a lot of good perks there. Um, Um, You get quarterly gifts if
1: you're part of the $20 tier, so all kinds of fun things happening in there. You get
0: a lot of cool, fun stuff, so just let us know what you want on Patreon, and we'll try to add it, and if you want to join, please do, because we'd love to have you.
1: Absolutely, and as always, forever, for the rest of time, we are still running our Apple review, Apple podcast review Contest! Wow, Do I don't know, know what
0: happened <laughs> words there. We did get two more reviews. We're up to 29. Oh, okay. Okay, guys, mm-hmm. come on. Just a, just a few more. A few more. 20 more. One. 21 yes. more. That's all we need.
1: <laughs> so once we reach 50 of those, we will draw a winner for a sticker, a pin, and a gift card to a coffee shop of your choice. So if you have not already, please make sure you go on over there and just leave us a little five star would be great with some little
0: commentary and it is much appreciated. So make sure you do that. Yeah, make sure you do that. I don't think we have anything else. We will see you next week. Go have a cup of coffee. And don't commit a crime.